Hello and welcome back to the Unreported World podcast with me, Krishnan Gurumurthy. This week, Evan Williams travels to Nepal to investigate the growth of voluntourism, where Westerners are encouraged to donate their time and money to help vulnerable children in Kathmandu's orphanages. But is this well-meaning injection of foreign cash fueling a new type of child trafficking, where children become commodities? More than half a million tourists visit Nepal every year, drawn by its spectacular mountains, ancient temples and culture. This is Tamil. It's the tourist centre of Kathmandu. Foreigners come here to book everything from mountain climbing to whitewater rafting, elephant riding and trekking. They can also book a placement as a volunteer in any one of the hundreds of orphanages here in Kathmandu Valley. With over 500 orphanages in Kathmandu alone, people volunteer because they're moved to do something when they see the poverty here. It's become an accepted part of many tourists' visits. Few realise it's illegal to work as a volunteer on a tourist visa, but we've heard travel agents are happy to arrange a placement regardless. We use a secret camera to find out if that's true. to work as a volunteer. Is that possible? It's possible. There are many places you can visit here. We meet a tourist tout who says he's a broker for several orphanages. How long can we do volunteering for? Minimum one week. Minimum one week, okay. And for the right sum, he can get us placements looking after children, no questions asked. One week is $100. Have other people volunteered through you as well? Many. One agent we meet even says he has his own orphanage with nine children desperately needing the support of foreign donors. If you donate $500, I'll give you a receipt and the British government can give you a discount on your tax. By the end of that trip through the Tamil brokering scene for orphanages, We were very clearly being asked for money to sponsor children. Every year, foreigners donate millions of pounds in the hope of feeding and educating Nepal's needy orphans. But we have heard the orphan industry is now so lucrative, children are becoming a valuable commodity. Kishore Kunwa worked as a teacher inside an orphanage called Happy Home. On its website, aimed at attracting foreign donations, it claims that most of the children in the home are orphans or abandoned street children. But Kishore claims this was not the case. Like, I don't bore that parents. Okay, anyone have parents? Yes, sir, I have mother, yes, I have father and mother, yes, this and that. When I went to other class and I asked, okay, anyone have parents? Everyone is raising hand. Just one girl was not raising hand, yeah? Out of the 45 kids, 40 have parents, five don't have the parents. So there's only five, five real orphans, orphans out of 45 that 45. you ask. Yeah. With his suspicions aroused by the website, Kishore started looking for the parents. Okay. Mingma. About Mingma, she has mother also, she has father also, yeah. Actually, real name is Kavita, but in Happy Home, its name is Mingma. It's right. fake name. So she has a mother and father, yeah. and they change the name. Yeah, change Do the they name. change the names of all the children? Uh, most of the kids, not all, but most of them. Father yes. died while she was six. Her mother couldn't work. 
because she's paralyzed. I'm just laughing. I met her mom, and she is a guard of uh, one bank in bank Kathmandu. Guard, right, yeah. security guard. Yeah, security guard. And okay. how it's paralyzed. This is also fake. Right, so she has a mother yeah, who's working? Is, yeah, working. Okay. Kishore was so concerned about the treatment of the children, he lodged a complaint against Happy Home with the Central Child Welfare Board. The board investigated the complaint, but found that there was insufficient evidence for their purposes. Since then, he says, he's received threats, even from a police officer. Being a policeman, he used to call in my phone and he used to threaten me. He now lives in fear. And he used to say, uh, if you don't stop this case, I will arrest you and I will beat you. Uh, you don't know how is police. If, if you get punishment from police, then you will understand. You put case against Happy Home, then I will arrest you. Without any After challenging the powerful orphanage owners, Kishore has found himself in a lonely fight for the children's well-being. No one was there to hear their problems. No one was there to love them. No one was there to uh, take care of the kids. I'm also missing so much to the kids, not to the proprietor, yeah. Uh, sorry. So sorry. Kishore's testimony is very compelling. He's convinced that donors are being deceived. Kishore, you are an eyewitness because you are a former employee of Happy Home. You work Kishore has taken his case to a local child protection organization that's flown in a former US law enforcer, Leslie Stone, to investigate Happy Home and many orphanages like it. Threat. If someone calls you on the phone and makes a threat, you are listening on the phone. You are the eyewitness. Kishore presents details of the fake orphans inside Happy Home. From what she's discovered, Leslie believes that many of the orphanages that have popped up in Nepal may constitute a new form of child trafficking. You cannot take children and misrepresent them as an orphan in order to get foreigners to donate, in order to get volunteers to come and donate. That's a form of child trafficking. It's a form of child trafficking. selling a child. Right. It's using them as a business. Using children as a commodity. Leslie wants to investigate where the children are coming from. Kishore tells her that Bishwa Acharya, the happy home owner, is persuading poor, lower caste families to give up their children with a promise of a good education. Did you give your permission for the children to go? What did you say to Bishwa at that point? He put us in touch with a mother called Sumita, who tells us how Bishwa convinced her to give up her two children, Pemba and Choisan. I told him no. They told me we have a better home and we will give them a better education. And what did you say to Bishwa at that point? Did you give your permission for those children to go? I couldn't say anything to him. I didn't want him to take my babies. I thought he'd sell their kidneys. A lot of children are disappearing these days. So just so I'm clear, did he take the children without your permission? You didn't give your permission for him to take the children? I said, you can't take my babies, but he said it's for the best. Why didn't you stop him? I felt powerless. I was struck dumb. The orphanage owners seem keen to become the children's legal guardians, obtaining their birth certificates and changing their names. He said, I need your children's birth certificates right now. It's very urgent. All the others have brought theirs. 
It's just yours I'm waiting for. Having no birth certificates leaves parents unable to reclaim their children. On the Happy Home website, Choisan was listed as an orphan with no mother and no father. Then, who am I? Who is her father? I'll curse him for saying that. I'll take him to court to prove it. Sumita tells us that Bishwa Acharya refused to give her children back to her. After a brutal beating, the children, Choisang and Pemba, finally managed to escape. The beating started from the very beginning. Her legs were beaten with a pipe and her toe was broken. They were told, if you tell your parents, you will be hung up and killed. We don't care if we kill you. You're not our children. So what I find most upsetting, most disturbing about the situation is that this woman entrusted the care of her children into the hands of this man running this orphanage. And instead, they were regularly beaten. And in fact, they did not get the education that she thought they were going to get. Keyshaw has called Leslie and told her that another young boy has just escaped from Happy Home. Did you like the school? Yeah. We've come to a poor neighbourhood in Kathmandu to track down seven-year-old Majbulla, who tells us about his treatment at the hands of Bishwa's wife, Pooja. And what happened when you went into Pooja's room? What happened? Yeah, Pooja hit this light. Pooja hit you like this? Yeah. In, in, the, in the mouth? Yeah. Did you ever see... Bishwa or Pooja hitting another boy? Yeah, all. All the other boys. Boys and girls. All days. Every single hit, day she yeah. would hit you? One day she's eating one stick, one day she's eating bread, one is eating shoes. We all put in line, in line and one by one coming in and eating. Majibullah just very naturally retold the story about what was going on inside. He was beaten with sticks and belts and shoes simply for talking, and if one child talked, they were all beaten. Really, really disturbing, the things that are going on in that home, and to think that there are children in there right now suffering the same sort of abuse, it's really upsetting. He is the third child I've talked to, but whenever I talk to a child, I am hearing the same thing. I want you and you to go by this place and look at it, like right now. Back at HQ, Leslie's continuing to build her case against Happy Home. Keyshaw is worried that the owner has been tipped off that there's an investigation and will hide the children. What I want you to do is observe the place, see if there is any activity, see if there is any indication that there are children inside, take up a position at the end of the street somewhere as best you can very casually fitting into the environment in a way. Leslie sends her investigators to set up surveillance outside Happy Home. We had trying to find the hostel where the children may have lived or are still living. Keyshaw's taking big risks coming down here. He's been told to stay away and is worried about being recognized by the owner. He already warned me, if you come to that area, I will do something bad to you. Keyshaw goes to see if the children are still there or if they've been moved. 
Kishore's got an awful lot to lose, really. Hasn't He's it? so well known, and you know, and sooner or later they're going to realise that he was the guy who did did the bit. And uh, he's taking huge risks. Just go, just, just go on, go on. Go, just go, go. Drive, 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 drive. Okay, so the owner of Happy Home just caught us there walking around uh, with Kishore. They saw us and they uh, want to know what we're doing. We're now even more determined to investigate inside Happy Home. Posing as a foreign donor, my director goes in with a secret camera. She's greeted by Bishwa Acharya himself. Actually, this is the charity school. This is the charity school for orphans and street children. It takes just one phone call to arrange a visit. We do have around 30% street children. We have about 30% that are street children. The rest of them are orphan children, abandoned children. My director goes through the website with Bishwa and finds Sumita's son, Pemba. She specifically asks him how Pemba and his sister Choisang came to be at the orphanage. I found these two children on the street. Bishwa is not telling the whole truth. He doesn't mention how he persuaded their mother to give them up nor that she had to fight to get them back. Bishwa also says he has hardly any foreign donors. It's just we are you know, raising funds to yeah. cover all the library sponsorship. We are raising funds through online sponsorship. We have only two, one from Switzerland and one from France, two sponsors. Now we need to find enough for all the children, for all 80. Bishwar explains he wants to buy some land and build a new orphanage with money he's trying to raise from foreign donors. So now this is on the rented buildings, you know, in a nice way like that. This is a rented building and we need to find a cheap area. If you're interested, we can start something. £100,000 it costs. So we have America, Slovakia, Spain. While Bishwar pleads poverty, Leslie is following the money. There's one more, UK. There's quite a number of foreign people who've been involved in sending money and spending their time at, ha at Happy Home. And After days of research, Leslie's had a breakthrough. Several donors have emailed her with details of how much money they've been sending to Happy Home. This woman was a volunteer and she's the accountant. Now she has provided for me bank statements from the nonprofit charity in Slovakia that show over a two and a half year period there was 150,000 euros that were sent to this place. 150,000 euros. Yeah. And that's, is that just one charity from one country? That's only been... one and I know there's at least two more plus individual donors. Bishwa told us he was only receiving 120 pounds a month for two children. Leslie's uncovered a very different story. I'm still looking for the very wealthy Chinese person and the German person. Giving kids an education is why foreign donors give cash and why parents agree to send their children to orphanages. But Leslie's found the children's education is suffering. She's been held back several years of, of very important education. At the age of 12, one girl was put into a class just above nursery. When she left Happy Home, she was in class two. And she, that is way below her age level. So she never advanced? And she also said she never advanced and never took exams. When I asked her why she didn't advance, she said it was because if she advanced, then the sponsor would stop paying money. This is what she was told. Mm. Because then she could be represented as being younger than she really is. Leslie is building her evidence to take to the police in the hope of a full criminal investigation. 
Bishwa Acharya told us that descriptions of children on the website are correct and verified with the local government of Nepal. He denies persuading families to give up children or changing children's names or birth certificates. He said that no parents have asked for their children back and that what he told our director about having only two sponsors was exactly correct. Bishwa said children are well educated in Happy Home and claims that a false impression has been given about the treatment of the children in his orphanage by business rivals. Leslie has heard that many children are being brought to Kathmandu's orphanages from impoverished villages across Nepal. We join her as she travels deep into the valleys near the Chinese border to find out how children are sourced from this area. Presented to them, good education, nice clothes, good food, and they're going to be very well cared. During her investigations, the name of this village, Sindal Palchak, has been mentioned repeatedly. Leslie has been told that many parents here have been convinced to send their children to orphanages. They didn't say exactly where they took her. They only said it was a children's organisation in Kathmandu. The families tell Leslie they gave their children to a woman who promised them a better education in Kathmandu. How long ago did Lakshmi go missing? Ten years. How old was she when she went missing? One and a half years. And you have not seen her since? They say they tried to retrieve their children many times, but were unable to do so. They now fear they've lost contact forever. I don't know what condition they're in or what will happen to them. It's painful not seeing them for 10 years. I hope I see them again someday. Amongst several cousins and her brother and sister, Sita is the only one to remain in the village. He's a teacher. Navraj tells us that one woman sent all the children to an orphanage in Kathmandu called Balmandir and that the local teacher was involved in identifying children for her. He was the principal too. He was the principal of a school in your village. Yeah when your brothers and sister were taken. And he was one of the agents. Yeah. We track him down and he agrees to talk to us. This is the school principal who was involved in trafficking children out of this area over the past 10 years or so. And he's prepared to talk to us about the trafficking process, but he wants to do it at his home because it's a confidential matter. A woman came to my house and offered to take the children to the Balmandir Children's Organisation. He claims Navraj's father asked for his help to send his children out of the village thinking they would have a better future. I feel guilty. They told us the children would be back here after seven years, but we were deceived. I was only thinking of the good of the children. Do you know about other children who have gone to Belmandir? I have heard that children were taken from other villages. It was only later we found out that the people who took them were bad. The woman he's been talking about, we've been told by the NGO workers in the area here, is responsible for possibly hundreds of kids going missing from this area. And he's been very closely associated with her. Maybe it was for the best intentions. Children from this village were initially sent to an orphanage in Kathmandu called Balmandir. 
We want to go and see it for ourselves. Posing as foreign volunteers, we go inside with a secret camera. It's difficult to imagine the distress children from the village felt at being ripped away from their families and kept behind these walls. Overall, the impression really is that it's just been let go. And if it's true that this has been done in any way to make it look worse or get done, then it's very, very sad indeed. A Balmandir manager agrees to talk to us as long as we don't reveal his identity. He tells us that government district officials are signing false papers to make many of the children look like orphans when they're not. The village authorities sign fake death certificates for the parents. The district authority then registers the child as an orphan and then sends the child with the fake paperwork to Balmandir and we never question it. So you're describing there a very powerful network of political people who force district officers to falsify documents to get children into Kathmandu. Yes, they do. He says some politicians are profiting from the orphanage business. No, no buttons. While there are orphanages which genuinely do help needy kids in Nepal, Leslie has identified a growing problem which she believes needs urgent attention. There are 500 children's organizations just in the Kathmandu Valley. That doesn't even account for the ones outside the valley or throughout Nepal and some of the villages, some of the smaller organizations that are not even registered. Should a donor who's maybe sending money just stop doing that until some other safeguards are in place? I would like to see international donors be responsible for their donations when the children are not getting fed properly or not being clothed or educated as was promised. It's really the only way that an organization can be held accountable. Just as we're about to leave, Kishore receives an urgent phone call from Majbullah's mother. The seven-year-old boy who has just escaped from Happy Home is still not safe. They surrounded me at two o'clock. She saw four men. She tells Leslie and Keyshore that four men surrounded her on the street, telling her they'd been sent by Happy Home's owner. They wanted to know if I was Majbula's mother. She says they demanded to know where Majbula was, saying he should be returned to the orphanage. I was scared they would stab me if I said I was Majbula's mother. Like many children, Majbula will continue to live in danger. He's still a valuable commodity to orphanage owners who use the poorest of Nepal's children to make money out of well-meaning foreigners. Bishwa Acharya told us he's unaware of any threats made on his behalf. We asked the Balmandir Orphanage about the allegations. They told us they have strict measures in place to ensure they now only care for genuine orphans and are working to reunite parents with children wrongly placed in the home in the past. They deny that documents are falsified and say they rely on those supplied by the government. They say they're open about their finances but face challenges to provide care for the children. Our thanks to Evan Williams in Nepal. Thank you for listening to the Unreported World podcast. Please continue the conversation on Facebook and Twitter 
or catch up with past episodes by visiting channel4.com slash unreportedworld. We'll be back next year with more insights into extraordinary people in extraordinary places. Until then, from me, Krishnan Guru Murthy, goodbye. Listener.